Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast with myself and my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer. How you doing, Mr. Stringer? Hey, dude, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I uh, got to do some, uh, just some little day hikes this weekend. I went out to uh, the Red River Gorge and spent some time out there this weekend. Good times. Just little short hikes, just getting out, just getting some fresh air. It was so nice, man. It was like in the 70s in Kentucky this weekend. Bro, my soul feels so good. I didn't get to run into you. I saw the picture you texted me. You ran into Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. I did run into there. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Yes, I did. The and he un- was giving you a hard time. <laughs> yes, as always. The <laughs> undisclosed location I went to was Eagle's Nest in the Red River Gorge. And nice. I, I, I mentioned that in the last podcast, I believe, but I wouldn't tell anybody where I was going. And then we actually got to gotta hide from all your fans. Is that what it is? You're afraid well, people are going to recognize you. And I actually did get recognized. And I thought that um, somebody that was with us that was hiking ahead of us put them up to it. I could have sworn they did. But we actually not hiked back out from Eagle's Nest. Oh, wow. Was it yeah, a good time? Bridget actually enjoyed it. It was one of her favorite parts. Nice. Well, Jeremiah, you got to see it's already started today that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this beard is sponsored by Gonex. So it's already started. People are already on the Gonex train today. It, it's already started. Uh, we're excited. It, we got, we got a, a really different thing that's happened, Jeremiah. We've been joking about this for a while, but we have a sponsor. Oh, who you got for us? Jeremiah, we have a sponsor, and that is Outdoor Vitals, uh, home of the new Shadow Light backpack, which is now available for pre-order for $50 less than the regular price. If you join the Live Light Ultra membership. And what's great about the Live Ultra Light membership is it's 10% off everything you buy and free shipping every time you order something. And not only that, the $10 that you pay to be in the membership basically turns into your outdoor vitals piggy bank. Basically, you're just putting money away that you get to spend later, which is pretty stinking awesome. I love it. Don't you actually have this membership? I do have this membership. That is the truth, man. I actually signed up for it when it started. I have some. I actually have some Outdoor Vitals gear uh, because I I'm not rich and I can afford their gear, and it's actually really nice. So uh, they they do a good job of selling uh, good ultralight gear, but not raking you over the coals financially to get it. Yeah, I actually talked to them, and believe it or not, they are sending us two of these shadow lock backpacks that you can pre-order right now well i had no idea they were gonna do that <laughs> yeah they are and we're gonna try them out bro and yeah, we'll dude. get back to the viewers on how they do but uh, i'm not personally a grand weenie but if you are this <laughs> that's, backpack that's <laughs> an understatement laughing? that's an under you are not a grand weenie you are definitely not, not. ultra light <laughs> so here's what i'm gonna try out this backpack has a removable frame it's already under two pounds with the frame a part of the backpack. But you can remove it if that's what you're into. I guess I'll try it both ways. There you go, man. There you go. I also like the fact that the front pocket zips open. 
I thought that was kind of ingenious. You know, sometimes you put something down in that front pocket and then you have to reach through everything to get to it. Uh, it's kind of nice. The idea of having a zipper that zips down and you get to the bottom of that pocket pretty easy. So Ooh, good I stuff, can't wait. Man. Yeah, good I can't stuff. wait to get my hands on it. Thank you so much, Outdoor Vitals, for being our first sponsor. Yeah, that $25,000 check is going to come in really handy. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. <laughs> so. it, we actually didn't make 25000 so we're oh. still looking for other sponsors. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you, Outdoor Vitals, for sponsoring the show. And uh, before we uh, introduce our first guest tonight, our one guest uh, that we're going to have on the show, we have to do something that we do every single week, and that is start – the ticker. The fake news is up, and we are ready to go. Uh, people already know who's going to be on tonight, and we're already seeing some comments. People are excited. Jeremiah, won't you tell everybody about who is going to be on the show tonight? Jeremiah? Yes. Do you want- <laughs> I, I have said – sorry, man. You are lagging a little bit for me. I oh, okay. have – I have said his name wrong a hundred times. He is the author of Free Outside. He also um, captured the calendar year triple crown, AT, CDT, and PCT, all in one year. I don't know how he did it. Let's bring him in. It is Jeff Garmeyer. How you doing, Jeff? Good, and you nailed my name correctly. Yeah, yeah. Full, <laughs> full disclosure. Full disclosure. He's been calling you Jeff Garmier for like three weeks as we've been hyping up this this uh, episode. So, a lot of people go with that, and you know, I nothing less expected from Kentucky. So, <laughs> hey, we can't start the show like that. Cut, <laughs> cut. That's hey. great. That's great. Uh, actually, yeah, the just reason throw we... me in the vestibule and you can start again. <laughs> that... Hey, Jeremiah, how do you say vestibule, by the way? Vestibule. That, that's wrong. Okay, let's keep going. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Jeff, we're really excited to have you on here, man. Um, we're both uh, we're both fans of the book, the free the free out. Is it the free outside? I thought it was the free outdoors. Am I wrong about that? The free, free outside. outside. Yeah. yeah, the free outside. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I found really interesting about this is that pretty much nothing was off limits. I mean, you talked about every little detail in, in this book. Yeah, um, lo- love it or hate it, it's it's all in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really opened up too. You kind of, you kind of were, you didn't, you left everything open about yourself too. I mean, you even talked about all the anxiety you were dealing with just getting to the trail to start the hike. Yep, two days before leaving to start the hike, my uh, flight was canceled because of weather. So. Uh, a wrench was thrown in the whole year before it started, and that was good foreshadowing for how the rest of it went. But I think that's the only way to go about it is if everything went to plan, then a lot lot more people would have done it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. How long, how long in advance were you actually planning to do this? I assume that you had to do quite a bit of training, and I know you're training right now, and I want to talk to you about that later, but... Um, how far in advance and what kind of training were you doing? And did you already know you were going to write a book? Um, I didn't know I was going to write a book and that was a lot harder than even hiking the whole thing. It's, it's pretty hard to write a book because the whole thing is like, Oh, I want to write, write a book. Then you write the whole thing and then show it to people. And they're like, this is terrible. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> like, you gotta make this a lot better. So that was harder than anything. Um, training was really just spending time on my feet and, um, actually, the genesis to to doing the calendar year triple crown was when I hiked my first long distance trail in 2011. I was hiking it and thinking like, 
oh, I want to be a triple crowner someday. And it's like, I bet I could never get off time to do um, this two more times. So it was like, I wonder if I could do two in um, one year. And then it was like, well, if I'm doing two, I might as well just do three in one year. And then uh, that got the wheels turning. And then a few months before, so I guess in late 2015, the wheels started spinning and um, eventually left in early February that of 2016. And made it happen (laughs) man so when you started thinking about doing this and realizing that 40 and 50 mile days had to be like pretty normal (laughs) like what was going through your head well week two in the smokies it snowed like two feet on me dropped to you know like negative 15 or something at night everything was frozen and it was just like how am I going to do this for like 30 more weeks or something? And that's when I think that was more realization, like as everyone knows, like miles and uh, I don't know, like Pennsylvania rock miles are a lot harder than, you know, like the mid Atlantic or something. So it was just those days where it was like 25 hard miles that were the hard ones. Whereas on the CDT across the cow pastures, um, the longer days are kind of like a an average effort on the Appalachian Trail. That, that trail is brutal. I'm so glad I got it out of the way first because you look at that one, it's 2,200 miles, and you're like, oh, that's not as far as the other ones, and you get out there, and by the end of Georgia, you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, how how are you staying warm like in those kind of tents? I assume that so we're we're friends with Jason Wish, and he's like the closest person to me that has attempted some of these FKTs. Him and this guy named Brad or Miyagi on the trail. And oh, there he is, yeah, Jason Wish. He's a little bummed out. He's not seeing a tiger outfit tonight. So uh, <laughs> I gotta leave the people wanting more. There you go. Oh, there you that's go. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's talking about, or he talks about whenever he's doing his like how light his gear has to be. And um, we had him on the podcast recently and he was talking about how he would even consider if, if he's going to strike the weather well to do one of these shorter FKTs that he would even leave his shelter at home and just sleep just like on a piece of Tyvek on his pad at negative 15 degrees. How are you literally not dying on top of a mountain? Ooh, I mean, some luck. And then also, so just a few different things like, my hands got cold before it even got to negative 15. So it was like, well, what do I have to warm them up? And I had empty plastic bags that food had been in. So I stuck my gloves inside those and now had an extra layer of protection. And at night, like my feet kept getting cold. So I emptied my backpack and stuck them inside the empty backpack to give them an extra layer. And uh, like, rolled up in um, a ground sheet a couple times just going with like well this is the stuff I have to make do with the problem at hand and I just you know you just get real creative and when you have so much time to walk I'm sure you guys uh, came up with the podcast while you were hiking I was like just well how am I gonna stay warm enough to not die so I think we all have plenty of time to think when we're out there and uh did, yeah. did you know going into it, you were going to have to be that creative though? I mean, I was reading where you no. were putting your, you were putting your feet in your backpack to try yep. and keep your feet warm. I mean, you were doing everything you could think of out there. Yep. No, I had no idea that I'd have to be that creative. I just thought I'd only hiked, I'd hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and the Pacific Northwest Trail during the normal season. So I'd never hiked in the winter. 
So I didn't really know what I was getting into, which on one hand is probably good because if I knew it would be pretty miserable for a few months and then before I got to summer, then, you know, I think it helps someone dive in like ignorance is bliss type of thing there. But yeah, no idea going in. It was pure, pure, wonderful. Every step was beautiful. I would describe it. That's awesome. I, one of the guys on here said all those extra layers have to be 90% mental. Exactly. Do you agree with that? Yeah, like 90% mental, 5% layers, and 5% calories or something. Maybe put it <laughs> around the outside. And the I occasional like uh, women's restroom hand sanitizer so that you can eat, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, hiking through the Smokies got, you guys would know better than me, whatever that pass is up there, there's that bathroom and it was all closed. There was a foot of snow on the ground, but walked in and uh, the hand sanitizer thing was full. I'd run out of fuel in my al- for my alcohol stove. So I just poured hand sanitizer in and that thing burned perfectly. And I was able to have a warm meal in the women's restroom, which if anyone's ever wondered, the women's side is much cleaner than the men's. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. I So... <laughs> Instead of reading the book, I listened to it, and I would like to say thank you. I bought it on Audible, and I really appreciate you. you. Yeah, no problem, dude. My pleasure. (laughs) I appreciate you actually reading the book yourself, and you are able to actually uh, use the inflection in your voice and any sarcasm or whatever. That was a very good decision, man. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's mostly sarcasm, maybe like a rare inflection in my voice, but thank you very much. It was, <laughs> it's pretty hard to want to read a book that you spent like a year and a half writing too, because it's like, well, I already know this backwards and forwards. I guess I'll read it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you- how, how long did it actually, I know it's the book itself, when I'm, when I'm listening to it in my truck, it, it says it's nine hours long. Yeah. How many hours did it actually take though? To record the book well a lot more than that yeah because you you read it but as i'm reading there's like i don't know just much like you guys probably when i'm reading i don't nail every word so sometimes i gotta go back and then later cut it out but some and then i'll get frustrated after i'm trying to get through the same chapter the same sentence even and i'll just start doing it in an accent to like make myself laugh and i have so many good outtakes of just like like just making fun of myself and you know it it became this just all right today i'm gonna do these four chapters and you know however long it takes i'll get through them but you have to have a little fun doing it because it can be pretty darn boring reading a book that backwards and forwards and i mean i lived it first so (laughs) yeah so we have questions for you already. We got a couple real quick ones here. Uh, Hike to Change is asking, what were your favorite and least favorite sections from the three trails? Um, I think Southern New Mexico was one of my least favorite because there were thorns in my socks the whole time. I was ready to be done. My Achilles tendonitis was killing me. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough section. And then anywhere there's a bunch of mosquitoes like maybe oregon was pretty rough too oh yeah i've heard that yeah maine was really hard but it was awesome it's just like i felt like uh a settler or something there's no one else out there there are no tracks just 
follow the blazes when I could see them. Um, I loved it because at that point I kind of knew what I was in for, you know, getting all the way to Maine. It's like I've dealt with all this before, but it was pretty cool to have like this 300 mile really remote stretch where not not too much was happening other than a few moose around and some big icy climbs. It was it was cool. I really enjoyed it because and then it's just compared to jumping to the southern um desert of the pct and it's just full of people and stuff and immediately after getting there it's like well the weather's nice but the solitude is definitely gone at that point did you ever um i just mentioned this because i recently went on a trip through the smokies i wasn't on the at i was more in the bottoms and the Mm -hmm. at you kind of climb and then you're on the ridges but after spending a few days in the woods and then coming out to like a popular destination, like Clingman's dome is where we come out at. I almost felt anxious or like, I was like, I'm not going to have an anxiety attack, but this is so weird. And right now mm-hmm. we're living in a, a time with COVID. And so people are already on edge. So there's a lot of people already out there in mask. And I've just spent, you know, time in the woods with friends kind of by yourself. But did you ever experience anything like that as you were coming out or running into people? Yeah, it seems like it's, um, especially at trailhead. So you're hiking for three or four days, you know, a handful of people or so, but not too many. And then you get to a trailhead, there's a bunch of people and you're walking through there and like on the PCT, sometimes some of the trailheads are full of cars, especially if you hit them on a weekend. So you're just looking for where the trail comes and like people are looking at you like, and you're like, no, I swear I've hiked a bunch of miles to get here, but I look like I can't even find the trailhead. So like, I think I'm just overanalyzing all those things when everyone else is watching because you're not used to all the eyes on you. It's probably one of the first things to go is like, you just become how you are, not worrying about what people staring at you or thinking about you. But at the trailheads, it, it like is amplified. Like, man, everyone thinks I'm some idiot just circling the parking lot. <laughs> so you felt some pressure because uh, <laughs> there's there's people staring at you or like, like where where are you supposed to go in here at? And you're like, I'm just trying to find it myself. <laughs> yeah. But you're supposed yeah, to be can... some experienced hiker. Yeah, especially when you walk in with someone who's walking back to their car and you're like, yeah, I came from from Mexico and then they're walking to your car and you're doing laps like ah, I got to check my map a couple times make sure it goes this way yeah it's always just a weird moment and yeah I don't know I don't really know how to explain it other than just you feel so out of your element and self-conscious that you're just hoping to get back in the woods but you're not quite sure how <laughs> I, I remember my first time meeting a through hiker I was up I went up to hike up to McAfee Knob down in Virginia yep. And we got da- we got up there, and there was a guy up there with this huge orange osprey backpack. And uh, we got down to the bottom, and he had hiked out after us, and he was trying to get to the post office. And, and so we offered him a ride, and he got in the truck. And that smell was, <laughs> um, dare I say, legendary. You know, <laughs> um, it was. I, I brought that in there, uh, but dare I say, legendary? I mean, it was it was bad. And did you ever have moments where you were hitching a ride or uh, people were giving you help and you were just like, I know I smell so bad right now. No, I don't smell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I do have one story. I was uh, 
coming into Du Bois, um, Wyoming on the Continental Divide Trail, got to the pass. It's pretty far from anything. It's like a 20 mile hitch. Finally got a ride to town and the guy picked me up, um, got in the car and he's like, oh good, yeah, man, the last guy I smelled, or I picked up smelled so bad. And I hadn't showered in like two weeks and it was just like, wow, what must the last guy have smelled like that I'm being told I smelled good with the backhanded <laughs> compliment. So uh, that's the main one. But I mean, every time you get in a car, you're like, all right, close the armpits. It's just uh, <laughs> Let's like act as normal as we can here. <laughs> and then um, on the on the calendar year Triple Crown, I will say that just getting all those, it was an election year too, so you get all those viewpoints. And so the first rule I learned from hitching is really just you let them take the conversation, the smell, whatever you are, any way they want, and everything they say is right because you just need that ride. And however <laughs> they want to take it, you just let them take the lead. That makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Ethan Ivy wants to know why choose backpacking over things like rock climbing, kayaking, or other outdoor hobbies. Uh, I don't know. Um, just because I was good at walking, I don't know that I ever knew I was good at paddling or climbing rocks. Um, maybe I was just too skinny to be a rock climber and didn't float well enough to be a kayaker. Or um, I suck at fishing. I fished all summer in Montana <laughs> and I've caught two fish like this long total. So um, I, I enjoy it, but maybe I'm just a little better at walking. <laughs> I got you. I... So, so did you have any major gear fails on any of your through hikes? Well, I burned a hole through my tent. Just, uh, you know, the typical mosquitoes are outside. I'm going to try cooking in my tent have a new fuel can, turn it up too high, light it, and just whoosh, no. right through the top. And it wasn't raining or anything, but the mosquitoes piled in by the middle. Oh, man. It was just, it was terrible. Where was and that? That was in Oregon, um, around oh, yeah. Yeah, Shelter Cove area. Just miserable. There's nothing worse than like diving in your tent and being like, okay, I escaped, and now I'll cook in here. And then you just burn an opening for them and not to mention the tents sort of ruined. So patch that up the best I could. But. Oh man. And then, what was um, the tent? It was a uh, big Agnes fly Creek one. Hey, uh, I'm a fly Creek yeah. guy. I've got one of those. Nice. nice. Yeah. I just uh, like super glued a, or glued fabric glued or whatever a piece of mesh over the hole so it um it's it's still there but it keeps mosquitoes out now and uh the other gear failure is i got a ride up from franklin north carolina in this van and i had my backpack poles tent everything in the or um backpack poles micro spikes in the back of the van and was just going to grab them when i got out got out grabbed everything they drove off and I realized I had one micro spike. So I went through the Smokies in that negative 15 weather with one foot having traction. So, oh, no. Man. Yeah. That is like, awful. <laughs> they U-turned and they're like waving and it's like, bye. And look down and it's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I hope oh, they man. treasure that. hope they treasure that. <laughs> uh, escaping the office wants to know, what was your favorite trail towns on all three of the trails? Oh my! Um, That's a good question. That is, wow. 
Um, hmm. Well, close to the Continental Divide Trail, I really love Salida, Colorado. That's a pretty cool town. Just far enough from Denver that you kind of get the mountain town vibe and not too many city folk coming in there. Um, the Pacific Crest Trail, Cascade Locks is pretty unique as a hiker town, and they have trail days there. And then now to the the AT where everything was closed when I hiked it. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Delaware Water Gap was open. They had like the $1 or $2 hot dog and soda or ice cream or some or slice of pie and a hot dog or something. They got some deal nice. there that's pretty cheap. So I'll go with that. But man, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the same AT experience. All the waysides in the Shenandoahs were closed when I went through. Um, I mostly mailed packages because post offices, I think they had to remain open just to be a post office, but most of most stuff was buttoned up for the winter. So it was a very different experience than most people. Well, I have a question for you because you mentioned in the book that because you were hiking long miles the way you were, you didn't get to have a tramley and you didn't get to do all the things that other guys got to do when they were on the, uh, the AT. Mm-hmm. Did that, did you ever feel lonely, I guess, doing it the way you did it? Or do you look back and think that you'd prefer to keep it that way? No, I definitely felt lonely. It was a, a weird way to do it for sure. Um, I think more than lonely, I just felt like on the Appalachian trail that, I'd done the same trail as a lot of people, but had a very different experience. Like it's the most social trail and 10,000 people or something are out there. And it was like, well, I probably saw less than a hundred through hikers and everything was closed yet. I hiked the same miles. So it's like, you talk about the Smokies and how bears were close and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I think they were hibernating when I was through there. So I think that was the hardest thing to reconcile is, my one hike of the Appalachian Trail is like a complete 180 than most people. So you mentioned moose earlier. Did you have any other um, dangerous or good experiences with wildlife besides with the moose? Hey, you can tell us about the moose too. Yeah, All Things Outdoors actually was asking the same question. Oh, yeah. nice, Jeremy. Well, I got I got charged by a moose, and then uh, yeah, that was crazy. Wait, so hold on, what? That's terrifying. Yeah, big time. It was scary. So I'm walking into the pass into Steamboat Springs in Colorado, and I see two moose antler that I thought were just laying on the ground. And it was like, hell yeah, I'm going to mail these home. Like, these are awesome. But then they start moving as I get closer. And it's like, oh, they're just laying down in this ditch. And they get up slow. And I'm taking a video with my phone like this is pretty cool and then one of them puts his head down and sprints at me and luckily before so i'd never dealt with moose in my life until i did this calendar year triple crown so before i left i looked up how to escape or how to get away from moose or all that stuff and it was like they have terrible eyesight and they're real stupid so it was like <laughs> <laughs> and it said, just like hide behind a tree and they'll forget you're there. So I dove in the bushes as this moose has his head down charging and like got all torn up like horns, ran and hid behind this tree. And I see him just like looking around, like trying to find me. And then eventually he had that look on his face, like, what was I doing over here? And he walked back <laughs> and sat with his friend. 
<laughs> no way. That is insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I went like a mile back around the trail, down the valley, came back around because I wasn't going to go uh, through that whole song and dance with the moose again. But yeah, I was, it was so funny. I was laughing behind the tree when he just like had the moment where he turned around and walked back. <laughs> Wow. Gosh. Speaking of walking, like you said, you turned like went back too, right after mm-hmm. that experience. So in your book, to me, there's nothing more frustrating than taking a wrong turn and adding bonus oh. miles. I oh, it makes yeah. me so angry. Sometimes I'll be with my wife and I'll take a wrong turn, and you don't even <laughs> want to take a wrong turn anyway when you're supposed to be leading. Like they're looking yep. at you, and you know you're supposed to know what you're doing, and then you have to backtrack. And I will get so angry. But I noticed that you had quite a bit of it. Can you take us through some of that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, there was, so the biggest one that comes to mind is when I'm walking through the Sierra Nevada and I'm, you know, I already pushed it. I was going to do like 200 miles and 210 miles and six days or something through the snow. And so I'd run out of food, but it's okay. I was real close. And then I walked down this Cascade Valley Trail instead of the Pacific Crest Trail just because I didn't see the junction. Saw footprints and I walked like two miles down it and I just, I'm finally like, I don't think anything's here. So I tried to cross the river that's there, which was dangerous and got to the other side. It's like, it's not here. Cross back. And it was like two or three hours when I was finally like, man, I think I went the wrong way. Walked up to where um the trail intersected and saw the sign and it was just so frustrating because i'd eaten like i might have had a bag of granola left but i'd eaten my last like real meal is like kind of the all right just sit down it'll be fine i'll just figure this out in a second i'll just eat a meal and feel better then i walk up the trail see the sign pointing the opposite way that i'd gone and that was just so frustrating because it's like it was 18 miles to where I could get into Mammoth Lakes, but I'm out of food. I'm going to have to camp that night and not eat anything. And man, it was, it was one of the worst moments where um, I was just thinking like, Oh yeah, I crushed this section. My food was perfect. Like I'll be walking into town with like nothing, but just ready for the next meal. Instead it's like, Oh, that was terrible. Oh, so, and I couldn't find my way up the Mahusik arm either from the Mahusik notch. It was so covered in snow. And yeah, there's, I think you have this like range where it can be a bad day or a good day or a bad mile or a good mile. But when like something external comes into that, like a wrong turn, that's when things just fall off the rails. And especially like you're with your wife or something, you're probably eventually like, well, I got bad news. I took us the wrong <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Plan to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a little question here from Justin Outdoors. He said, close armpits. Good tip. Any other smell management tips? Absolutely. When you walk in a coffee shop or a bar, whatever your thing is, go straight to the bathroom, grab the hand soap, and just put it under your armpits. It just masks the smell. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Uh, the scented hand soap i swear and uh yeah i mean there's there's all kinds of little things you can do but just trying to like wear rain gear hold in the smell you just want to eliminate the odors that get (laughs) so when you 
<laughs> so so what's your ideal backpack intent? Oh man. So I do a lot of different things now as far as like fast packing and backpacking. Um I really like the light AF packs for uh like kind of the fast pack and overnight stuff and for longer things like when I like a like a calendar year triple crown or a great western loop probably more in the gossamer gear gorilla pack or something like that something a little over 40 liters or so and then for tent um i've been going more with the shelter with kind of a, a just a good enough bug nut thing so i've been using like a six moon designs uh um, tent shelter type thing tarp stuff but uh for more i guess a better like two person tent when I'm with my girlfriend, something like a tiger wall too is pretty solid. Nice. Do nice. you ever, so I feel kind of like the king of backpacking, but not actually backpacking, like walk in a couple of miles and set up and chill and literally take whatever you want. Like most often John and I will take steaks with us and some like roasted yep. potatoes and yeah. all that. Do you ever do any trips like that? Or do you mostly stick with the more longer things? Let me correct you real quick. You mean the the king of Gonex too, right? <laughs> oh, wow. there it is, right there. There it is. He's he knows. three for three, bro. He knows. <laughs> no, I love doing that. Um, when... By the way, somebody did ask you if you use any Gonex. Gonex hiker actually asked that. So <laughs> Jeremy and I are supposed to be sending me some Gonex. So I hear you sponsored. <laughs> Don't so spread these rumors. I think you guys need to fact check if this is actually the first sponsor because I've heard Gonex has been here before. <laughs> I, Gonex has been fighting to sponsor us for a long time. We've been fighting them off with a stick, but they just keep coming back, man. They just they can't take no for an answer. Well, they've seen Jeremiah. He just is a go-next go-getter. So. Dude, <laughs> last weekend, uh, whenever I went up to the gorge, my buddy, we met him there after dark, and we we're setting up camp, and no joke, he busted out. I'll try, to get, I'll try to text you a picture of it. It's basically a knockoff Patagonia backpack, except <laughs> instead of Patagonia, it literally said go-next in big letters, bright orange. <laughs> No joke. He said his mom bought it for him for a dollar at one of those, not like the thrift shops, but like the budget places. You know, you go in, everything's a dollar. That is awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> I know. That is awesome. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to take your time there. I was asking no, you about man. the the uh, shorter hikes have, and the luxury. Yeah, if I, if I ever have fun, yeah. No, definitely. I, uh, no, not if you have fun, man. It's all fun. Just some of it's miserable. Yeah, miserable fun. I love that miserable fun. It's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, no, all the time. I uh, with COVID, we, you know, everyone you could sit around and watch the news. Eventually, me and my girlfriend were like, let's like try to go backpacking or something once a week. And so we started doing that. And I uh, bought a camera this year because it's like, who knows where things are gonna go. I might as well like. I've been wanting to learn photography for a while, so. I'd take in the camera, take a couple beers, would read a book. We'd hike maybe five or six miles camp, and um, we'd <laughs> we'd like cook up burritos and pack them in. Yeah, we yeah. like doing that kind of stuff. And I think uh, like the good and bad of social media and stuff is like I don't know some type of stuff like that. I do like just doing it to make sure I still love to do it rather than 
here's what I did on social media and here's all about it too. So maybe my social media is misleading that I only like to hike fast or whatever, but I don't always like being visible. Once in a while, I enjoy something fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, Greg Morton Outdoors, this is a great question. He says, what piece of gear did you use on all three hikes that you still use today? Wow. That is a great question. Oh, a catabatic quilt, the Flex 22. It kind of zips up, up to your knees or so. So it's got a foot box, which is kind of the part of the sleeping bag that is the most comfortable. And then it's got the like open out quilt portion you can wrap up in or unzip into a blanket on the hot nights. So that's kind of been the piece of gear that's been the most, I guess, versatile where down to like 20 degrees works and up to 100 degrees you can just use it as a light blanket so big fan of big fan of the quilts is there anything else anything else that you still use to this day or take out sometimes um man i still use socks and shoes uh uh man yeah i don't know sawyer filters pretty pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's gotten it's gotten kind of to the point where yeah all the different things that i try to do kind of require different stuff but i mean so my biggest thing is if you're like kind of one of those people thinking oh everyone wants all these six or seven hundred dollar like pieces of gear and even like uh with kind of in line with your sponsor like there's so much stuff that's like works and decent and good enough and often great for like not the huge price that sometimes youtubers and stuff have in their video that i mean i still have most of my stuff and i still use it back from i don't know dating five or ten years back so i would say like don't overthink it you don't need to get a new z-pax tent I mean, not Z-Packs particularly, if they're going to sponsor, but like you don't need to get the top, <laughs> the top of the line gear to go do anything. You just need the, you just need some gear. Like you can do it all. You can buy the cheapest stuff. I wrote up a satire blog post like a month ago about a $267 through hiking gear setup where I just found the cheapest stuff on Amazon that would be like good enough. So. I think that's the biggest thing with gear is kind of my message. Like, yeah, I've used a lot of stuff, but I mean, the only difference between the best stuff and the not the best stuff is like maybe you save an ounce, but if you got to pay for that extra ounce and that ruins your hike, just take the heavier stuff. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So speaking of gear, there's a piece yeah. of gear we need to talk about, and it's very important that we talk about it. And that's this sweatshirt right here. <laughs> I was just going to say. This, this needs to be talked about. So, I was just going to say, your blog. I haven't read the blog, but I follow your Instagram, and it's mostly you wearing tigers that you've killed and skinned. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I went hunting down in Africa with a Minnesota dentist, and we've been hunting tigers for years. I love I it. Think- I don't even think I tigers are in Africa, but whatever. Yeah, I got no idea. But yeah, yeah. tell us about like the... Asia or something. But yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> so so um, well, I've always been like, if you're gonna do something hard, you might as well have fun with it. So that's always been my 
like perception and stuff is like you just like find little pieces of fun to hang on to so that started on let's see i think i saw one on wish.com they probably sponsored this i'm not sure but, <laughs> wait uh, hold on hold on let me stop you for just a second because some people yeah. might just be listening and they couldn't see the picture can you tell them what the picture was yeah it's a tiger sweatshirt that i cut the sleeves off myself and sewed and hemmed so they wouldn't fray on the sleeves and i've only done one sewing project in my life and creating this tiger face that it covers the whole front of the face and the, the eyes are kind of on my nipples but that whole thing <laughs> is uh my only sewing project and it's held up through three fkts or record trail records if uh, you're not in on that but yeah i bought um off this budget chinese website i saw for like six dollars a tiger sweatshirt three or four years ago bought it of course because how can you not and that's kind of, <laughs> and, and then uh yeah wore it a little bit and then i was hiking the great western loop and i um was in anaconda montana and it was like man it's getting cold i need another uh layer so i looked on amazon and lo and behold the tiger sweatshirt came up and it's like well, i've had one of these before it's like semi-technical it's it's not cotton so i bought it and ever since then it's been like all right i mean it's it's tiger sweatshirt weather let's go <laughs> <laughs> by awesome, the way tip, tip for all the viewers <laughs> me too if you're gonna buy a backpacking shirt that's like technical or whatever there's probably like a cat face or a kitten face or something really fun on online where it's like a third the cost. So I would say just, you know, have some fun with it. They're all like, you know, wicking fabric. Maybe they're uh, kind of ridiculous looking, but might as well create your identity out there somehow. <laughs> That's awesome, That's awesome, man. That's kind of like Dirty Girl Gators, except it's your full on yeah. hoodie. Yeah, no, it's like me all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's got a hood for sun protection. It's great. <laughs> he's selling it. He's selling yeah. it to everybody. I love it. Front pocket, like a kangaroo pouch. You can hold your snacks in there. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to ask you, you were talking earlier about hitching, and they're asking about the stinky smell. And I have a little experience with hitching. I threw hiked the long trail and that took me about a month. That goes in, that's the Southern border of Vermont to Canada. And I did the traditional experience with the trail family and all that. It was just long enough for me to experience that. And since I was doing like 10 to 20 mile days consistently, I think that I got the opportunity to get quite a few hitches and you always feel a little bit embarrassed, but I, I was curious in your, uh, in your book, you talk about some of the weirder stories. How many drunk drivers did you get in a vehicle with? Better yet, how many asked you to go cut wood at their house or stack wood? Or <laughs> man, you guys are you guys are too close to ground zero for me to tell that story. That might be your neighbor. <laughs> oh, that is awesome, man! Just where Jeremiah lives. Just where Jeremiah lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, here, yeah, here's the story. So I think it was near Rome Mountain, and um, I got in a ride from, I think, the hostel there into town, ate at the burger place down there, and was trying to hitch, but it was like dust and turned to dark, and of course, you know, mom always said, don't hitch after dark. 
<laughs> I think they say that in Kentucky. I was guessing, but um, West Virginia. Yeah. That's more West Virginia. Okay, yeah. that's fair. But <laughs> the car that picked me up was a real old van, but and the headlights weren't working. But the guy rolled down his window and yelled over that he'd give me a ride. And as we're in the car, he's like, "I'll give you a ride, but first you're gonna go stack some wood at my house." It's like, oh no. Um, so he turned off, went up this gravel road, like, I don't know, 20 minutes of driving later. It was a two mile hitch, so it shouldn't have taken 20 minutes. But 20 minutes later, he's up at his, uh, it's basically just a garage in the middle of the, the woods. And there's this like foreboding axe just sunk into a round of wood sticking out. <laughs> it's like, that's where the beheading happens, I guess. And uh, <laughs> so um, then this other truck pulled up, and it's like, I guess there's a watch party for my demise. But <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy had a bunch of wood in the back, and the the guy that gave me the ride was like, "Yeah, well, just help me stack some of this wood, and I'll give you a ride back to the trail." And turned out that we just stacked wood for a while went in the house and he had some pit bull puppies and stuff and they were pretty cute and he gave me a ride but it was like an hour and a half where i could have just walked back to the trail in that time but you know there's no story like thinking you're gonna lose your head in tennessee well and and <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that he had to make sure he took some time to partake in uh, the local herb before he drove you back to the trail and yeah, he was uh, the man of the earth, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said he said that he drove 10 miles an hour and didn't have headlights. Is that right? Yeah, didn't have headlights. It was, I swear he was stopping at stop lines, wait, stop, stop signs waiting for them to turn green. He just was, <laughs> just, just, he was so, so high. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like that, it's one of those judging a book by his cover. It's like I thought I was losing my head. Next thing I think I'm gonna like just get in a very slow, slow speed collision or something. <laughs> How terrible would that be? <laughs> yeah, what happened to Legend? Oh, he got in a, a wreck at ten miles an hour. I think he's fine and walked away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Legend. Yeah, I want to hear about Legend. Can yeah, let's you talk tell about us? this trail name. Let's talk about this trail name, Legend. Yeah, so um, in 2011, we were camped outside of Wrightwood on the Pacific Crest Trail at Grassy, oh man, Grassy Hollow, Grassy Valley, Grass Vop, something visitor center right outside of Wrightwood, about a mile from Inspiration Point that goes into town. We just left town and of course, when you leave town, you're like, yeah, we'll bring all the good food so we can have a great dinner tonight. But we were getting out of town in a hurry and didn't do that. And so we were sitting around like, man, I wish we would have got pizza and steak to cook tonight. So I was like, I'll go get it. I mean, I was 20. I was the youngest one in the group. Didn't have a trail name. Wanted to impress them. Just, you know, wanted that tramley. And they're like, okay, I mean, I doubt you can get it. So I left in my Crocs. I left my backpack there because I had Croc camp shoes like you do back in the day. And uh, got to the, the um, road crossing there, hitched into town, ordered a pizza, went to the grocery store, got steak, hitched back up to town. Um, two teenagers, one of them had just gotten his license. He was like 16. It was like week one of having a license. He just wanted to drive. 
he gave me a ride back up there and I swear we went like 90 miles an hour up to the trail <laughs> and just thinking that it was not going to go well, but he took me back. I walked in and my Crocs with the pizza showed up and they were like, no way that's legendary. And the name legend stuck. And this was in the middle of searching for that trail name. And now and I, that is yeah. nowhere near what I thought that was going <laughs> to be. Like I'm thinking here's a guy who did the triple crown in a calendar year. He probably got that because you know, this legendary hiking status and no, you're just really good at going and getting pizza. Yep. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> We were, I was hiking with Lil Buddha. That was his trail name. And he was like, yeah, you know, with the trail name like that, you got to do some cool stuff. And I guess I took that to heart. And here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, pizza. I'm telling you, there was a, there was like a two day stretch where the only thing I wanted for some reason yeah. it's my wife's favorite is pepperoni and pineapple pizza. And so, oh. Oh, yeah, you Cue can the say comments. Yeah. Cue the comments there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. It's got a little sweet taste to it, man. The pineapple adds a little, and the caramelized, it caramelizes because you bake it. Uh, anyway, so we get to, um, <laughs> what? Wait, let me set the record straight. I did not okay. bring any pizza with pineapple up to the people. I don't think I'd have the trail name legend if I brought pineapple. Come on, bro. <laughs> How are you going to throw me under the bus like that? There's a lot of love here today, man. This okay, is back, back, back to your story. <laughs> okay, so. here's what happened. We we knew we were going to cross um, like a road coming up, and it was a very busy road. So we were like, oh, I bet we can get a hitch here. Or better yet, there's a town that's like, I don't know, eight miles from the road, like the crossing. So we're like, once we get up to where we have service, let's order pizza. So... We called and called and called. Literally no pizza restaurant. There was three in the entire city would deliver us pizza. So we, for some reason, sent all the women that were in our trail family hitched into town. <laughs> they got Pat's Blue Ribbon, and they got, like, three of the biggest. It's on my Instagram. You got three of the biggest pizzas you're ever going to see. And then we come back and just sat in the parking lot and spread it all out. And it was one of the best meals of my life. <laughs> i'm right there with you i think that and in hiking you get so fixated on one thing that you just feel yeah. like you're never going to survive if you don't have that one thing and i know a lot of hikers who theirs is like soda and they're like i never drink it in real life but i just need a, a coke or a pepsi and it's like yeah you do whatever i mean but pizza is definitely one of those for me. I mean, not pineapple pizza. That's not <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna live that down, Jeremiah. That's yeah, okay. You know, I like it. Doing the Sheltoe Trace pineapple pizza. Yeah. yeah. Well, doing the Sheltoe Trace, you got three stops along the way where there's just really good food right in front of you, and one is a place called Cherit Creek Lodge, and it's a place you can only hike to it or ride a, a horse to it, and oh. so you rent a room which it's like just primitive cabins. They don't have like electricity or anything. But when I did the trail, the first four days were torrential downpours. So we slept in a cabin. It was the best thing in the history of mankind. Had a wood stove, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And they serve a meal for you for dinner and then serve breakfast. They do a big family style kind of meal. Yeah. Then you get to Lake Cumberland or not Lake Cumberland to Cumberland Falls and then up to Natural Bridge and they're two national parks. And when you get to both of those, uh, they have all-you-can-eat buffets. 
Oh, yes. I had their buffet at Cumberland Falls. Let me tell you, you've been hiking for days and you get to one of those two places. You are a very happy human being. I would have paid $45 for that meal. (laughs) And I probably ate $80 worth of food. But uh, like 100% worth it when you get to those places. Plus, it's a bunch of old Kentucky ladies that are cooking the food. (laughs) So you are guaranteed... You're guaranteed of three things. One, it's all going to taste really good. Two, they're going to know how to season it. And three, it's all going to be fried. So yes. it's like some of the yeah. best food you're ever going to eat in your whole life. So much, yeah. so good. Yeah, I know the <laughs> all-you-can-eat buffets are definitely dangerous. I mean, you have to make sure you remove yourself while you can still walk because you will be eating <laughs> until you are stuck there. Yeah, now, Didn't I got, you get I, kicked out of a buffet? I did. I got kicked out of Ming's <laughs> and – um i don't know where that is uh can't what yeah in in virginia and yeah i I was eating i was on like plate eight of food i'd been there like three hours (laughs) and uh the the waiter told me that i had to leave because the dinner rush was coming and i'd been there too long yeah i'm sort of glad though because i could barely walk out of there but yeah i was like you know nothing's open most places so i get to this um one all you can eat restaurant and it's just like endless sodium filled items and it's just like man i'm craving all of this and you know there's it mings there's <laughs> there's sushi which unfortunately i didn't oh. eat but <laughs> unfortunately was, uh, why it's questionable i don't know that it's it didn't it felt a little warm but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that's, no, 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 mm. <laughs> Warm sushi. That's kind of like pineapple on pizza, right? Mm, exactly. Come on. Yeah, they, they, they are distant cousins, which is <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, they have a sushi, pizza, Chinese food, pasta, like everything. So anything oh. you've ever craved on a trail is there. And when you're there, you just try to eat a all of everything and it was it was dangerous but it was it was something for the record books i don't know that i've ever eaten that much what got a really it? good question i got a really good question here real okay, quick yeah, somebody's, yeah. somebody's posted i want to make sure i get this one in here but it's as legend other than your trail name forcing your hand on to do legendary things what inspired you to start going for fkts and tom thank you by the way i know you're hearing this and if you haven't heard me say it before thanks for the bidet bro the day all day yeah well, maybe i don't know i never tried it yeah try it in the bathtub first <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think uh it's really the whole thing of why you do a second trail after the first trail like oh you kind of just wonder about what's out there and like if your body can do it and all those kind of things and I don't know. There's something special to being solely focused on a goal. There's so much junk out there, whether it's just checking an Instagram notification, then it was sort of like when I go do something really fast for like six days, maybe I check in or get some texts or something, but I really just have one goal for six days. And there's like nothing else in life these days where you can get that. Like you got personal, you got work, you got everything in between. When you go do one of these, I mean, you're not working, obviously. You don't have uh, everyone in your personal life knows you're doing it. So you get to just be focused on one thing. And it it's pretty refreshing to have just like, 
either succeed or fail. It's that simple for the only time out of everything else out there. And I do think that kind of mindset is kind of addictive just in that it's not like there's a participation trophy. You, you tried and did good and gave it your best or you succeeded and that's about it. And either way, you don't get a trophy for winning or a trophy for participating. It's sort of like you get to go do this and then when it's over, it's over, but have fun out there while you can. Yeah. So you're mentioning the FKTs and that was a fantastic question, but I'm super curious. You are thinking about tackling a different beast. If, if my information is true, I want to ask you about this. Literally one of the hardest things known to man and uh, you'd have to be pretty legendary to do it is the Barkley Marathon. I was just down at Frozen Head State Park in October, and I saw, I think it's called Rat Jaw. You come up yep. through the power yep. lines and all those briars um, yep. and go up to the fire tower to the relief station. Is it true that you're training for the Barkley? Like, what are you doing to train, and how are you going to Why are you training for the Barkley? Yes, the, that's insane. I've watched the movie about that, and I've seen the people run that <laughs> thing, and – you got to be a special kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm curious about this one. Yeah. Tell us what it is, by the way. Yeah. There's two good documentaries. One's on YouTube. It's called where dreams go to die. That one's free to everyone. (laughs) So um, I think that one will explain why I want to do it. And then um, the second one is called the race that eats its young, which I believe is on Amazon prime. So both are really worth checking out to watch the most, insane dumbest thing people do and i want to be one of the dumb people that does it and basically you run wow there's so much to explain it's so weird so um it's really (laughs) hard yeah it's really impossible uh, to get into it so yes i'll start with that and so i'm um yeah i guess we can announce it here i am gonna be in if it takes place in 2021 wow no way breaking news yeah so i was in last year but it was postponed due to literally the whole world deciding to take a year off so (laughs) yeah yeah so 2021 should be um well i will be in i am in and um it's about a 130 mile race consisting of five loops. Like every big ultra marathon, it starts with the lighting of a cigarette. That's a joke. Um, no other race should start with a cigarette. This um, is the only but, one. <laughs> yep, I think so. Uh, the race director is sort of crazy. He hides um, 10 to 12 books along the route. So there's no GPS, no map, no trails but there's 10 to 12 books hidden throughout and those are your checkpoints. So if my bib number is number 40, every book I come to, I have to tear out number 40 and I have to show up at 10 number 40s from the books they're from just to prove that I made it to each checkpoint along the way. Since there's no GPS, no tracking, no nothing, no support, and you do five loops like that, and you have 60 hours to do it, and only 15 people have ever finished out of over 1,000. <laughs> Don't and they change your every sing- And every single person who does it, their legs are cut up and bleeding like crazy. 
after I mean, one people loop. just yeah yeah and they, when they when they stop they just look like they're dying they literally look like uh they need to go to the hospital right now like yep yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> it's not healthy to do it <laughs> I, I guess that's i awesome. want to do it <laughs> that's do they, great do they change your yeah. bib number um whenever you Each make lot. a loop so you got to yeah. tear out a different page. You literally have no idea. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And that's so people get lost, not being able to find it. Cause there's no, like you have to draw your own map. It's uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's the craziest thing. I mean, 15 people out of over a thousand have made it that um, yeah, we'll see how I stack up, but. Yeah, I'd like to at least uh, give it a go and maybe get lost in the woods for a few days. That'd be a good story. And then get back on the show so we could talk about it because th- that yeah. that could be an hour all by itself. And unfortunately, we are at an hour right now, man. I told you it goes fast. Holy cow! Wow. I I, I told you it goes fast every time. But um, but before we cut you loose, though, why don't you give everybody a heads up on how they can follow your adventures and where they can find you online and social media and everything. And, and your book uh, yeah. too. Yeah, and tell them about yeah. your book for sure and where they can b- pick that up. Uh the floor is yours. Yeah, um the book best way to support me if you want to read a pretty decent book about hiking. Um it's about hiking the county or triple crown and it's called Free Outside. It's on Amazon everywhere books are sold. I also read the audiobook version which is on Audible and probably at your library and if it's not just email your library and they'll add it pretty easily too. So you can even get it for free, which it's better if you just buy it through Amazon or pay me directly, but you know, and then you can follow (laughs) me on, follow me on social media at the free outside. I want, um, my website's freeoutside.com. I just launched a new website project, which is backpackingroutes.com about some of the shorter trails out there that, include things like the long trail and stuff since after hiking everything i realized you can get you know some of the coolest experiences on these trails that aren't the triple crown trails so building that up just launched it there's some trails on there that's pretty cool and uh man i mean my name's jeff garmeyer uh trail name legend uh, that's about it i wear a tiger shirt look for me in your local community wearing a backpack hitching around <laughs> or something <laughs> Man, that's awesome. And uh, on top of that, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it much. You just recently became the FKT holder for the Colorado Trail. That is correct. Yeah, nine. Um, it's a year of COVID, so I thought have to do something unsupported. So I thought I would try to do the 400, and, I don't know, 450 mile or 480 mile, whatever it is, Colorado trail unsupported. So I carried everything I needed from beginning to end and did it in nine days and eight hours or so. That's incredible. Actually, one of our guys that's that, uh, we, we know really well, he met you on the trail. He was just doing some hiking on it and he actually met you when you were doing that. So I know he's (laughs) probably excited. Yeah. I know he's on here right now. So, uh, he actually, actually he did just post a second ago. He said, no Colorado trail talk. And then uh-huh. he said he met you 400 miles into the CT and you were the nicest guy. So wow. that's, so there you go. I mean, lucky you 400 miles <laughs> into an FKT. I mean, who knows what you're going to get, but thank you very much. <laughs> and, and thank you for being on the show, man. Thank really you guys. appreciate this it. This was awesome. Really appreciate man. It. 
fastest hour of my life. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I'll I'll follow up with you, but would you ever consider gracing us with your presence again? Yes. I mean, it might, you know, we might have to do more pineapple pizza talk or <laughs> Kentucky jokes, but I would love to be back on. This has been so fun and just flew by. Yeah, and yeah. we'll make sure we get you a Gonex pack for the next one so you'll get a chance to try it out and get get into the yeah. gear that made Jeremiah who he is today. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't know that I want that one. In that <laughs> it doesn't have a high resale value, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, you, thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah man. For thank sure, you, man. If you want to hang out in the green room just a second, we'll hop in with you. We'll wrap up the show. All right. All right, man. We'll see you in just a second. (laughs) All right, man. Great show tonight, man. That was awesome. Wow, that was so fun. That really was. Now, uh, we got some really. We're we're going to be finishing out season two here over the next three weeks, and we got some great guests that are going to be on here. Of course, next week we got Devin Ashby, uh, who is the GM of Waymark Gear, and he has the YouTube channel. uh, What is his YouTube channel called? Backcountry exposure. Backcountry exposure. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking backpacking experience or back backpacking experience podcast is his podcast. He's got a podcast uh, too. Yeah. So so Devin's going to be on here next week. Ben McMillan from Hilltop Hilltop Packs is going to be on the next week. And then a good friend of ours who uh, we've already had on the show, but we had to get him back on was uh, Plug It In. We're going to get him on here in three weeks, and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, just trying to clean up trails and. uh, taking care of public lands. So that's going to be a good one as well. He's doing some great work. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's great. Definitely check yeah. out his social media. If you can help out. Yeah. It's so funny too, because when you see plug it in, you see that long gray beard and you think he's like 65 years old and he's like 46 and he is ripped. Yeah. Like that dude is <laughs> ripped. You do not mess with plug it in. That's all no. I'm saying. Benny Braden is a tough man. <laughs> Don't so, meet him uh, in a dark alley, bro. Walk no. the other direction. Well, actually, if you met him in a dark alley, he'd be the nicest person yeah. in the world. He'd probably Shake give you a couple hand. bucks and say, have a nice day. But uh, a <laughs> good show tonight, man. It was great talking to everybody. And uh, guys, if your questions didn't get answered, I'm sorry. We had a lot of questions tonight and it was hard to get through all of them. Uh, but for myself and Jeremiah, thank you for watching, and we will catch you on the next go-round. Adios. Till next Monday. Adios.